fatherhood to me now is being there. Um, I learned through trial and error that kids don't spell love, L-O-V-E. They spell it T-I-M-E. So I'm learning that spending time investing into your kids, taking the time out to encourage them, to affirm them, to make them believe that they can do whatever they want to do. That's what I'm realizing fatherhood is. And fathers are much needed. You're listening to Powerful, a podcast that will provide you with solutions to ignite your superpowers, identify your limiting habits, and help you be more authentic. Hi, I'm your host, Bridget Brown Jackson. The episodes are cultivated with you in mind and teach us how to be intentionally powerful. It is declared that you are ordained for. Welcome, welcome back, powerful people. I am so very excited for this particular episode because I have a special guest with you today. And we're just going to talk today. It's a special Father's Day tribute, but it's going to be talking as well about loving you. So no matter what you are, I want you to walk away with this and understanding to start loving you. That's the key to getting past almost anything. Now, that sounds almost selfish, but it's not. I promise you it's not. We can't truly love other people until we love ourselves. So today we're getting into honoring fathers, as well as dealing with, you know, some of you may have daddy issues. And so if that is the case, we don't want you to stop listening. We really want you to grow and be impacted if there are issues there. Now, my guest that I have today did not have his father in his life because he said he struggled. He lost his father when he was very young and the closest he was ever to get to him was six feet. Now, I'm on the other side. I had my father in my life, an incredible, incredible dad. But here's the thing. My special guest. King Hairston was able to move past all of that and get over that. How? That number one super thing that I'm always talking about, self-awareness. So we want you to stay around because today we're going to talk about that. Start loving you, number one. Number two, just be happy and grateful wherever you are with the daddy experience, with the father experience. And number three, we want you to make sure you're spending time with the most important things, especially your family, your children, if you have them, or on the flip side, your parents, because it allows you to catch things. So let me introduce my guest. I have with me the awesome, the wonderful King Harrison. He is from the DMV. Yeah, you know that area. And he is a life coach. He started life coaching because he had a compassion for others. He wants to be represented and he loves to defend those who are mistreated. Now you can see why we have a good connection. He is incredible, incredible, incredible. And his goal is to uplift those who are lost. He made a decision. And he has been living up to it. He's had to be homeless. He's been in the ICU before. He has stood on a lot of issues, but he's also stood in his purpose. I have with us today a go-getter, a never-quitter, the wonderful, awesome, marvelous life coach, motivational speaker, business consultant, poet, and musician, 
King Hairston. We're going to hear from him in just a moment as soon as we have this word from our sponsor. Thank you to Exponential Edge Adventures for sponsoring today's episode. Somewhere between birth and the end is your dash. The moment you're in now. You want to get the most and the best out of that dash, right? Your life. What's stopping you? Increase that passion, impact on purpose, and inspire and motivate. Exponential Edge Adventures can help you with that today. See how you can get the free execution resource valued at $47. This is a limited time offer. So go to simplytomorrow.com and get it today. Simplytomorrow.com. All right, good people. We have with us the the one, the only King Hairston, and we're going to have him to introduce himself. So, King, tell the audience who you are. Okay, hello. I'm glad to be here. First of all, thank you, Bridget, for having me. I am King Hairston. I am owner of Life Coach King, which is a life coaching program that I have, and what I specialize in is dealing with men showing them how to walk in their power. And I also have a YouTube channel, Instagram, and a Spotify podcast as well called the King Effect Podcast. All right. I like that. The King Effect. The King Effect. So we're going to get into that. At the end, we definitely want to tell people how they can get in touch with you and definitely how they can listen to your podcast. But we've been talking, we've been talking. We know that it's Father's Day and we really want to share uh, some really good nuggets for our audience on uh, just the power of, of the father. And so we talk about the fathers being in the homes, but also when the fathers are not in the homes. So you want to give a little bit of background history, anything you want to talk about, about uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? Well, fatherhood means to me that um, be an example. I myself personally didn't, was unable to meet my dad. Uh, he died before I had a chance to meet him. Um, so, and I myself now have two sons, uh, and I have a daughter, I have a two year old, a 15 year old and a 22 year old. And so fatherhood to me now is. <laughs> I'm laughing at that big old wide range. <laughs> yeah. It's a story behind it, but yeah, uh, fatherhood to me now is being there. Um, I learned to, through trial and error that kids don't spell love, L-O-V-E, they spell okay. it T-I-M-E. So I'm learning that spending time investing into your kids, taking the time out to encourage them, to affirm them, to make them believe that they can do whatever they want to do. That's what I'm realizing fatherhood is. And fathers are much needed, especially if you have sons, you, you're definitely needed. And with the girls too. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I I know, you know, my father was was in my life and uh, I laugh because I say he was in my life and not in my life, but he really was in my life. But my dad is one of those real nonchalant type people. He's still like that, but he's getting a little bit more mushy and it's kind of almost scaring me because <laughs> he's now <laughs> older. And I'm like, Mm, did you just hug me before I asked for a hug before you, for I hug you. Uh, but, but he really has been uh, a blessing in my life and influencing. So it is, it is really great when we have those father figures, you know, yeah. in our life, but being an educator, I know it was a lot of times that 
we didn't have dads in our lives. And so I want to talk again, our listening audiences, adults, of course, um, to talk into that first, that adult that did not have the father in their life. What are some some suggestions, some talking points? Because, you know, I find a lot of times you're in coaching, I'm in coaching. And one of the things that we see as we're talking to our clients is that they sometimes are walking through life from the inner child mm. rather than the adult that's showing up every day. So yeah. what's some things that you would tell that person that's dealing with daddy issues? What I would tell them is what I myself had to walk out. And that's uh, being that I didn't have a father. I had to walk out myself the things of being, a, being without a dad as far as anger, resentment, not feeling good enough not having affirmation, I would tell the people that please, please, please do not use not having your father in your life as an excuse not to be great, not to succeed, not to go after your goals, because you would do yourself a disservice if you do that. And I had to learn that the hard way through trial and error. I can't, it took me becoming homeless to realize that, okay, I can't keep using the excuse my daddy wasn't there and all this stuff. The reason why I'm homeless is because I am homeless because I chose not to do the things that I knew to do. So I would encourage and admonish those without a father that didn't get raised in the father that's an adult now and you're living that out. Do not use that as an excuse not to go after your dreams, your goals, and the visions for your life. I like that. I like that. And we definitely we have people that are even, you know, you mentioned about, you know, some of the choices and then it winds you down to to, to some things that you want, don't want to have in your life, like homelessness. Right. Mm -hmm. But we also have people that that make it and what we see appearing to be successful, but they still have those unmet, untapped needs and they really need to just as well. They need to get down to that root cause of what's going on. Um, yeah. You just said something that, you know, I wanted you to bring out and, and, and unpack a little bit more, not making excuses. Right. So whether whether you have your daddy in your life or dad is not in your life, or mm -hmm. even if, if he's deceased, mm -hmm. how do we go day to day without making those excuses? Well, what you're going to have to do, first of all, is acknowledge that you have an issue with okay. your dad being in your life, not in your life, whoever he is. And once you acknowledge that and recognize you have an issue, then you have to forgive that. You're going to have to forgive the transgressions or the things that they have done to you that make you feel the way you feel. Because if you do not forgive, you'll be carrying around something that is going to fester on the inside and become a great root that is something you ain't going to be able to manage when you get older. And as we adults, that has happened to me. What had happened is I didn't forgive. I didn't let go. And so I missed out on opportunities of people who represented my dad and I would not deal with them because they represented my dad and they looked like my dad or they acted like my dad or who I thought he would be. And so I would not go in that direction and I miss out on a lot of opportunities. So yeah. I had to let go of that resentment, yeah. let go of the, the resentment and the bitterness. Once you let that go, you then can walk in life like you need to. And it's another part of it, but I'm going to let Bridget go ahead and ask the next question. No, but go ahead. Go ahead. Drill down with it. <laughs> so, I'm going to come back to that represented because I have a story about that. 
Okay, so when I say let go, and and and, it's, and I'm, I'm gonna come from a, a biblical base because that's the only thing I know. Uh, when you don't let go of the resentment and the um, bitterness, you hinder your communication with God. You okay. hinder your vertical, and that's why I like to call it the vertical. You hinder that, and if you hinder your vertical, you're definitely not gonna be able to do your horizontal, which is other people. Okay. And so when you let that go, and you let God come in and mend your heart and fix it then you can start having a clear communication with him and he can empower you to show you how to go into the next step dealing with anyone. See, it said even in, in the Bible, even the disciples had trouble with it. Cause even when they asked God, how many times we got to forgive them? They, he said 70 times 70. And the, the next thing was increase my faith. Yeah. So it ain't easy to forgive. It's a process, but it's worth it in the end. And I teach people how you forgive the quickest start loving you because once you start loving you you'll start realizing that nobody should occupy that space in my heart that doesn't deserve it and you'll let that stuff go because you'll love yourself enough to know that i gotta do better and i want to grow and that relationship with god would just tremendously grow that was a nugget i love that start loving you because i I think a lot of times people think that it's other people you know and it it is it's not me. I did. I did. Other people. <laughs> yeah, right. No, like, nah, look in the mirror. It starts right. there first. Exactly. In fact, it's a quote that I like to quote all the time by Eleanor Roosevelt, where it says, uh, you know, other people cannot uh, make you feel some kind of way. I'm paraphrasing now because I just lost it. Where other people can't uh, make you feel some kind of way without your consent. Right. You know, and Correct. so. You know, that same thing goes if we apply it to any aspect of our life. It starts with us first, first right. of all. Correct. Well, so I want to tell a story about that represented because uh, you hit a key point. Mm-hmm. And when we understand, again, we're both coaches. So, you know, right. we drill and we talk to people. And we teach them how to go layer, layer, layer. Keep going <laughs> as if it was an onion. Peel those layers. Because when you start right. peeling those layers, you're going to get the root of what's really, really going exactly. on. Exactly. And so, uh, you know that I'm a, I'm a, a retired principal. And I remember I was having issues with uh, one of my employees. And I mean, just, and, and, and I, I'm a really good person. And they were a good person. I like them. Mm-hmm. But it was things that they weren't getting and they weren't performing. And so uh, my supervisor you know, thought it was, I had an issue with men. And I'm like, Mm-mm, love men has nothing to do with that. I don't have an <laughs> issue with men, but I had to unravel it. So I was talking to somebody else one day and I said, oh, I got it. I had a hard working dad, like a hard working dad. I remember as a kid, I, I didn't live with him. I lived an hour away from him, but my dad didn't take off work. He took vacations and we went on those, but I can count on my 10 fingers how many days he missed. He was just wow. astute when it came to attendance and, and getting to work. Now, if he was coming to get me, he came late, but he never went to work late. He got to work on time. I mean, he was just very, he was a supervisor. And he was very, very driven in what he did. And I had to unravel that I was looking around at staff, not just men, but my supervisor noticed it when it came to the man, because there was a little bit of aggression there on my end. And I'm not aggressive type person, but uh, I I did the same thing when I had females, no matter who it was, I didn't like laziness. 
And right. then I had to right. pull it back after I said, I said, oh, I'm not really upset with him. I'm upset with the fact that you're not following through with what you need to do. Now, follow through, I understand that. But when you don't get anything done, I have a problem with that. And then I had to go back. It went because that was the virtue my dad taught me. And so sometimes even those good quality traits can get you when you're dealing with people. And I laugh because I'm on the other side of that now. That was years and years ago. But now I'm on the other side of that. But I do keep that learning in my repertoire as I'm dealing with people, especially as I'm dealing with clients. I need to know that my 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 um dad images influence how I look at other people sometimes. Right. So I, I just wanted to it add does. that in there. But I, I gotta come back to that. Start loving you. Come on, come on. We gotta unpack that some more. You don't get to just <laughs> look look I'm gonna do like what what uh one of our, our uh, mentors Nikki say, you know Wait, 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 wait. You don't get to run by that when she played the Kevin Hart. <laughs> the Kevin Hart voiceover. Come on. We got to take that and unpack that some more. Okay, let me unpack it. Well, and we, I'm unpacking it. And the only way I can do it is to be, uh, I don't know no other way, is to be transparent. I, when I didn't love myself, I found mm-hmm. myself in and out of relationships where I needed the person, needed the woman. Okay. Whether it be for her house or for her car, or for her money, because I didn't love myself enough to know that I myself can obtain those things. I would subject myself to some crazy relationships and some crazy situations that I put myself in because I didn't love myself. But see, but then the root of me not loving myself came from the fact that I couldn't forgive and held on to resentment and bitterness. So I was subconsciously looking for them to fulfill a void that my dad didn't do. And I didn't even realize that because I wanted to smother that down and play like, oh, whatever. And I'm I'm bigger than this and I'm, I don't have to worry about it. I'm good. I'm good without him. No, I had to acknowledge that that hurt. I had to go back. When loving yourself, you're going to start going back and you're going to realize you get to acknowledge stuff that hurts you. You get to say, that did hurt me. And as a man, we'll talk, to put them feelings down and don't uh-huh. you show no weakness because you a man, but no, we, ha- I had to personally go back and show what they call weakness. I call it meekness now. Okay. Strength under control. That's what meekness is. I'm strong, but I know how to control it now. And I had to go back and acknowledge that that hurt that my dad wasn't there. It hurt that my dad said he was going to show up for my graduation, but he didn't show up. It hurt that my dad never affirmed me, never said, I'm proud of you, son. I look for those things, but I had to deal with it, love myself and acknowledge it and then let it go yeah. and then move in and let God do the healing in which he did. So when I say love yourself, it's for you, for real, because you love you enough and you start putting value on you. So now my relationship now with my fiance, it ain't because I needed her. It's because I chose her. Actually, yeah. I did what they said. I found a wife. I didn't need a wife. I found this one. So that's where I mean, when you love yourself, you start seeing the world clearly and you start seeing your purpose clearly and your mm-hmm. vertical with God is so clear because you don't have nothing to hide. And God is able to deal with your heart even the more and prune you, not cut you, but yeah. prune you. Because see, that's another thing, but prune you to make you better than you were before. 
Yeah, yeah, those 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 dad images can can do some things, but I, I love what you just said. Yeah, they but, will. But take it and take those lessons and yes. grow out of those lessons and everything too as well. Like I say, you know, I love my dad. My dad was was there. But again, if if I'm I'm glad I didn't act like him. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm outgoing. I'm very, very much. And, and my dad is a very outgoing person. He'll talk. Oh, my God. If he meets you, whoo, get ready. He's going to have an hour conversation with you. <laughs> he loves to talk. He does all of that. But, you know, he's just not this touchy, feely type person. And I was, you know, I would oh. sit on his lap and I'm going to lay on him and I'm going to hug. Matter of fact, OK, I'm going to tell him myself. I think I told him this story now. I think he knows it. So I, I guess it's OK for the public domain now. <laughs> <laughs> but one time I was, I went to go visit him and I was old enough to stay at home by myself. Uh, so I must've been maybe around about 11 or 12 years old. And I didn't want him to go. He lived in Detroit and I lived in Flint, Michigan. And I didn't want him to go um, because I didn't like being by myself because, you know, everybody talked about Detroit. So I had this serious fear of Detroit. Right. And, uh, so I didn't want him to go. So I went in the bathroom, took my toothbrush, stuck it down my throat and made myself throw up. So he was staying <laughs> with me. Yeah, I was a mess. I was a mess. <laughs> and oh I made goodness. myself throw up and I was just like, oh, I don't feel good. Just knowing, oh, he's not getting ready to go with his friends. He was, you know, they were going, you know, they play cards, dominoes, all of that stuff. He old school. And so it's just like, no, I don't want you to go. You're staying with me. And he was like, okay, he must have knew I was faking. <laughs> But, you know, he had them data, daddy antennas. And he was like, oh, no, I'm leaving here and you will be here. And, you know, I wasn't totally, totally alone by myself. My brother was there. But I didn't just I we didn't want I didn't want to be there. My brother didn't care. He was like, yeah, go. Because then they got to, you know, go into everything around the house and just mess with stuff. My my brother was Dennis the Menace. He was three years under me. <laughs> I mean, he just did everything. Dennis the Menace. And uh, but I laughed because I was trying to keep him there. And so, you know, like you say, you know, just those things you learn. I tell people all the time, look, like I said, I had a great role model. I had all of that stuff, but there still was things that, you know, I still had to work on um, mm-hmm. with him being in my life and yeah. uh, or even for me to appreciate, you know, that other people didn't even have. So on both sides of the fence to realize, you know, nope, he wasn't perfect. He had some different things. And, you know, I had to watch carrying some of that stuff over because one of the things that I did end up doing was I started sometimes gravitating to people like my dad when I was dating. Mm. And it's like, mm, I'm a huggy, Philly type person. I was like, no, I love my daddy, but nope. So my husband is my dad. They both share the same name, but they're totally opposite. <laughs> it's very emotional. Showing it. My dad is very emotional, but he just don't, he won't show it. He, like you said, right. you know, he old school. So it's just like oh, you said, yes. don't show all of that stuff. Don't do yes. all of that stuff. I think the first time I saw my father cry was um, at my grandfather's funeral. Um, nope, I take that back. I saw him break down at, 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 at my brother's. My brother, I was telling you about this, Dennis Minutes. Unfortunately, um, he passed away three days before 9-11 and mm. uh, he was killed in a car accident. And uh, I, I did. I, I watched him get emotional there. But, you know, he's just not that. He's like that. Mm, I'm going to be strong. You know, everything. So now I'm laughing because the older he gets, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just show that emotion? Did you just? So, yeah, yeah. So let's let's keep this conversation going on. 
we want to tribute to Das, and, and we don't want anyone to think whatsoever, you know, we're putting Das down. We're just being real. We're having transparency yeah, because that, everybody that, can that. have daddy issues. You can have the good daddy issues. You can have the bad daddy bad issues. Daddy, yeah. daddy issues are out there. So let's just talk about some of that stuff. What's some of your experience with people in general that you've talked to throughout the years? Some of those daddy issues, because we want to get it out the way. We don't want to bash. Our goal is let's get to the root, the under cause so we can help people. That's what you're about. That's what I'm about. Right. And and I, it's funny you say that. I want to speak on the far part of a daddy's been there because my fiance, her dad is there. He he mm-hmm. he is a dad's dad. Matter of fact, I call him dad. Okay. And the, the the great thing about it is, I actually when he when he allowed me to marry his daughter, I asked his dad his uh, uh asking for his daughter's hand in marriage, and he said, "Son, it would be an honor for me to give my daughter to you." Okay. And that when he said that, that affirmed me as a man. Okay. It actually it's crazy, but. It actually gave me the aff- affirmation that I was looking from from my dad, from her dad. I got it because he thought I was good enough to have his daughter. But I will say this: they have, <laughs> they have, they have a little spouse though. And <laughs> the reason I'm saying it, but he's a great dad, like yeah. hands down, great dad. If any, if an example of a dad, that is one. But nevertheless, they still have their issues because they act just alike. Yeah. So. It's it's still where you know, yeah, the dad is in the home, but them two they go back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> and like his whole thing. And and what I told her, what I learned just recently, is because he sees her as independent, she don't need me, and in actuality, she does, yeah. and she's crying out, "Daddy, I need you." But it's because of how he raised her to be so independent and not show her emotions and all that. She don't show it. And so he's assuming that she don't need me. So to answer your question, even with a dad in the home and what her situation is, being that she needs her dad and he don't see it, that's an issue. And and he's a great dad, but he just believed that she got it and she don't. And she don't know how to say, daddy, I don't got it. I don't got it. Would you please help me? Because they got another daughter that unfortunately having some serious issues right now. And we praying her through it. and they focus on it, but she's yeah. over there saying, Hey, I need you too. But they like, no, you good. You independent. You can handle it. Don't worry about it. And then they like, besides you got King, he got you. And so, but she really sometimes just want her dad to sit down with her. So I can see from both ends, no matter what you still, it's still issues. Whether yeah. the dad be in the house or the yeah. dad is not in the house, you still going to grow up with some things that you have to deal with from childhood yeah. as far as your dad go. Now, dad, we we get a bad rap. We 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 get we don't get appreciated like the moms do. However, our job is the hardest because we have the role of protector. Yeah. We have to protect. Yeah. And sometimes we drop the ball because mm-hmm. we're so busy overprotecting that we miss the little things. Just like we're dealing with emotions. Yeah. Dealing with just you actually brought it out at the beginning. You said T I M E, right? And people yeah. don't, and and we can go there if you want. Let's let's go there. People don't yeah. understand that part, and I will say that for me too, not just for dads, for moms too. Right. You know, I had a really great career, and mm-hmm. I'm laughing because my children are grown, and you know, we actually my my smart 
I won't say tell, my smart tail daughter, um, my youngest daughter sent me a text the other day talking about this is my mama. You know, she always finds the stuff out there on social media and stuff, but like, this is how I did. <laughs> so they they little standing joke is, is, is stuff that I used to say. And so this one was, um, my mama used to tell me I'm not her little friend. Now look at my little friend. I said, you know what? I'm going to really befriend you. But uh, I was so busy. That was one of the things that they like to say, too. They are like, you know, mom, you're a great mom. We got to vacation. We got to go here. We got to do this. But we didn't have your time. Now, my youngest two children, I was married, you know, when they were growing up. So they came up in a two family household. And Mm -hmm. uh, but we were teachers. Both of us were teachers that we had no money. <laughs> and, and, but, but we was but but we had a wonderful nucleus family. But then I started, you know, got divorced and you know had to go do more to to make more. But then making more took me away from my children, and so that's some of the stuff that they say now. And I'm like, put put some air in my cheeks. I'm like, what? What do you right. mean? I did all of that for you guys. And they don't and remember. Like we just wanted time. So go yeah. ahead and talk about that, my brother. T I M E. And that's what I get from my when I get from my sons growing up. They wanted time. And they told me that they wanted time. And I'm like my baby boy, 15 year old, he's saying the same thing even now. But is what what happens with time is you get to impart some stuff that you don't teach, but mm-hmm. they get caught. A lot of things are very well caught than it is taught. Like my son, when I spend time with them, they catch things that I do. They catch my mannerism. They catch how I handle or how I speak to someone. They catch how I react to different things. They catch, that's what they catch. Now I can teach them all day, say, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. But then the, for them to see it actually walked out, that's the difference with time and, and, and them taking time, saying time is what they need versus L-O-V-E spelling it T-I. M-E. So that's where a time come in at because you're able to impart some wisdom, impart some things into your generation beyond your sons and your daughters because you teach them and it carries down because perfect example, if you look at it how men like with me, I was raised without product, so I was in the streets. I spent time with people that was crazy and I mimic what they did. So because they was crazy. I became crazy. They did. They sold drugs. I sold drugs. I was. They go to strip club. I went to the strip club because that's what I seen. This is this is what I thought a man should do. This is how you should be. They get they get a girl pregnant, ain't married. I get somebody pregnant, ain't married because they spent time with me. They made me feel like I was important. Yeah. And they spent time. They was there. And so even with a parent, and and I used to, and I told a CEO this shocked him. He, he asked me what I do. I said, I mess with, I deal with at-risk kids. He said, oh, so that's the urban community? I said, no, sir. It's not or urban or anything. It's, it's at-risk kids with two parents in the home. I said, let me explain it to you. I said, you can be two parents in the home, but neither one of the parents are at home, uh, at home spending time with the kid. And the kid just doing his time in the room all day by himself. Parents go back and forth to work. The only time they see them is if they won't eat dinner. And then sometimes you don't see them then because they don't want to eat dinner at the table. So that kid is also at risk. He was quiet the whole ride. Didn't want to say nothing else because I woke him up to something that he didn't know. At risk does not mean urban. At risk is 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 all across the board, all uh, <laughs> denominations, racials, 
racial, whatever. It's all them people. Every every kid is at risk whenever there is no time spent with that kid. And the kid has to develop things on his own. He or she has to be left in a room by themselves, figuring out life through social media or through games. That is an at-risk child. So we definitely need to get back to, as fathers and wellsmen, spending time with our kids, imparting them, imparting things into them, letting them catch what we do, catch how we act, catch how we respond. Even if we respond wrong, let them catch us correcting our own self so they'll know, okay, I remember when dad went off on somebody and he realized he felt bad about it, but then he called him back and said, you know what? I was wrong how I did that. You just, they just caught something. Yes. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable in front of your kids. And dads, we have a problem with that. We got to be vulnerable. We got to say, I love you. We got to say, I'm proud of you. We got to say, I affirm you. I'm proud of what you're doing. When they make mistakes, it's okay. You can overcome it. That's what we got to do as fathers. And that happens when we spend time. Time. I love that. I love that. I, I love that. The being vulnerable and, and making sure that, again, we're being just totally transparent with them. But I, I love that phrase that you just said. I actually wrote it down. You know, I'm going to have to put me a, a, a banner up on my wall now. Um, they catch stuff when they watch yeah. you. One of my favorite words is emulate. You know, uh, people used to ask me, why did I do some of the stuff that I did when I was a school leader? Because I did. I did some of everything. I, I, if a teacher didn't show up and I couldn't get a sub, I was the sub. I wasn't too good to janitor uh, had to call in or janitor got sick. Guess what? I had the mop. You know why? Because I wanted all of my students and the staff, but especially my students to see, you know, that I was somebody that they could emulate. I wasn't too big, too high up that I couldn't do anything. And then mm-hmm. I go out on the playground and play with them. And just, I mean, just I, some of everything. I learned the street language and I learned right. all kind of stuff that was going out there. What was the new songs? <laughs> can't dance, but I used to be able to dance. I don't know what happened. But when I got in church, I guess it just went whoop. <laughs> we got to quit letting stuff go. It, it was for a reason why we had it. We exactly. I get out there, they be like, they be like, Miss Jackson, go sit down somewhere. I said, I'm trying to be with y'all. They go sit down somewhere. But, but that emulation, and so they yeah. have that. And the, the wonderful thing about that is, my first year teaching, those mm-hmm. students are now in their mid thirties. They were mm-hmm. first graders, and they're in their mid thirties now. My first year teaching, and I still have relationships with them. That's Some of them will say that I was their best teacher, not just their favorite. Their best. I'm like the best. You just get past all them high school teachers. Like those are the ones you remember. Your high school teachers. And right. like, mm-mm, mm-mm. like they they are. And, and it's it's amazing because just what you just said. I was always trying to to spend that quality time because I did the crazy stuff. Man, mm-hmm. King, we would have. You know, I, I did a uh, hotel parties before all of that stuff was was now. Like I would literally. <laughs> rent hotel rooms and we would take the students out and let them have pool parties. And uh, I had a writing club and I would take them all over. We have an island here in Michigan called Mackinac Island. Take them up to the Mackinac Island. People like, you're going to take some second graders? Mm Mm-hmm. First grade? Mm Mm-hmm. Third grade? Mm Mm-hmm. Fourth grade? Yeah. They know how to behave and they're going to behave well and they're going to go. But that time that I spent 
it's still, they're still talking about that. And that yeah. go back to my children too. You know, I was talking about, they talk about, I worked a lot, but the things that they do remember are those really, really great moments that we spent that quality, quality, um, time. that time, that time. Yes. But still try to do that. So let's talk about that. Let's end up here. Let's wrap up here with, uh, you know, you 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 have have children with a spectrum. <laughs> Let's talk about those older children. You know, if we have some people that are listening, uh, that they might have older children, or they might be, you know, an adult now that you know is kind of you know rocky with their parents, mothers and fathers. Um, what's some valuable tips that you can talk about about the adult and the um, adult parent and the adult child relationship? What I what I would say is allow yourself to let your kids be I mean, your older kids be the older kids Uh, realize that the impact you spoke into their life. Let it go. Let it let it work itself out. I got a 22 year old. His lifestyle is not what I would choose for him. But at the end of the day, I know that God has his hands on his life. So yeah. you have to trust and realize no matter what your older kids may be doing, that's not a reflection on you. That's their choice. You want them to be able to, the fact that they're able to make choices, that's saying you did the right thing. You did a great job. And don't be upset because their choices don't happen to be your choice for their life. Just let them do it and trust God. If you have a if you have a relationship with God, you already understand. You made some dumb choices when you was that age. And God brought you through. God got you to where you at. And if you want to be honest, that's where some of your anointing came from. Them dumb choices you made. <laughs> and so, Same. you know, you're right. So you know how to get through. You know what to do. Just pray them through it and just trust God. Because if, if it was something on your life, and I know it is, you got all of us have a purpose. We didn't come here by accident. God had an assignment for each and every one of us. So being that the fact that he has a plan for your life, trust and believe that he has a plan for your child life, older or not, and let, let God, let God mold and shape them. And you just keep on encouraging them, being there for them when they call, give them words of wisdom when they, when they need it. We, we just really got to get away from the whole old school of what I say. No, yeah. no, no, that's not it. We got to get back to just talking things through and not getting thrown off by what they're going to say. Like I said, my, my son came out to me. He, he was waiting for me to go off. Like, I ain't no son of mine going to have that life. I said, son, listen, at your age, I made choices. Yeah. And I and I was I got a chance to make my choices, and I had to live with my choices, and I had to go through my choices. And so, son, all I'm going to tell you is that's what you got to do. If that's the choice you're making, I still love you. It don't change how I love you. I'm you still my son, and I'm still going to love you, and I'm going to still defend you if you need me. But that's what we got to do. Yes. If we say we trust God, with our kids and we say we put our kids in God's hand that ain't where you can go in there and pick it back out because they chose something like oh he no wait a minute God let me get him back because he didn't choose right I'm putting him back in your hands once he chooses what I think he should do no yeah you put him in God's hand leave him there let hand. God do it because like you had again like we had to walk out of our lives at that age they got to walk out their lives as well 
Yeah, yeah. I tell my kids all the time, I'm kind of proud of them because it's some skeletons in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter called me one time crying. She was in a crisis doing something. I said, girl, if you don't stop crying, you have outbeat uh, uh, this person, that person, me. You know, I'm just you know, proud again. And, and yeah. then I had that same conversation that you had, you know, as a mom, I'm not happy about what you're telling me right now. But guess what? I'm yeah. so very proud. I'm, so I'm proud so, of you. so very, very proud yeah. of, of you. And I'm going to love you unconditionally exactly. all the time. Exactly. So I want to share that even with, because we do have some millennials that listen to our podcast. And so if you're on the flip side, millennials, here's my advice. Uh, we are talking about honoring fathers, but also just honoring your parents, period. The best thing that you can do when you are, you know, you have parents, especially your parents are living, is to honor them, to honor yes. them, to honor yes. them. You can't go back and take it back later on. So it goes both ways. Parents need to honor their children and love them unconditionally. And children, grown children, you Mm -hmm. need to honor your parents and love them unconditionally. And so it goes vice versa. But you just gave a nugget. You just gave a nugget. So so see my audience, this is why I invited him on Powerful in the first place. We just had a powerful conversation again with my friend. I call him my brother now, King Harrison. He has just told us one of the greatest things. Love, love, love unconditionally. Yes, and it's not just even our children, because guess what? We, we practice it. This is what I what I tell my my um my children, King, especially my girls, because I'm telling them, you're trying to get ready for your husband and you're getting ready for your husband. Guess who's going to help you get ready for your husband? Your siblings, the ones that drive you crazy <laughs> and, and their nuances. And I just talk about the dish really quick. Uh, the the I, I they my two girls are opposite. Of, of their diss styles. And so sometimes they've had conflict and I laugh at them. I say, you know why y'all having conflict, right? Because each of you are going to probably more than likely gravitate a spouse to you that is similar to your sibling. So you're just practicing right now. So when you get into that marriage, yeah. you, you're ready. I said, this is <laughs> this is the practice ground. If you get along with your siblings and you can do all of that stuff with your parents, guess what? When the right person, Mr. or Mrs. come along, you're going to be prepared right. for them. So exactly. I tell my boys, you know, that you how you treat your sisters, getting you ready for your wife. It's my right. girls, it's getting you ready for your husband. So, you know, understand where the arguing comes from, understanding where the conflict comes from, but use that conflict to learn. But I'm going to let you have the last word. As you know, I am an I and I love to talk. <laughs> I even got my yellow on today. For the people that can watch on the video, <laughs> I got my yellow shirt on. I am I mode today. Go ahead. Have the final words, uh, M- Mr. King, Dr. King. I, I would just say that, I, again, I thank you for having me on. And I think my final words would be that last piece for what we just said. Love unconditionally. Just love. If you have kids and they're not making decisions that you think they should make, Love them. Love them through it. And for the millenniums, if you have parents and you're not getting along, you don't think they're doing, they don't know what they're talking about. Trust me, they do. But be patient, but honor them. Honor them as much as you can. Trust the process. And for those who are in between, okay, listen, choose a path. That's all I'm going to tell you. Make up your mind. Do what you're going to do. Do what you're supposed to do. You already know what you're supposed to do. Do it. And sometimes you may be just in the hallway. We were just talking about that before the podcast and it looks dark. You don't know the direction. Best thing to do, don't go back. Keep moving forward no matter what. And then sometimes God have you in place of faith 
And so you have to keep moving forward. The doors will open. And that's what I, that's my final say. And I, again, thank you all for having me. Well, that was some great final words. So tell the good people how they can get in touch with you. Let's talk about this podcast you got. Tell <laughs> us about this podcast. Okay, I do a podcast called the King Effect Podcast. I actually have a YouTube channel as well for the King Effect Podcast. And you can find it on Spotify. But all these things you can be find on my page, uh, Life Coach King, www.lifecoachking.com. That's where you can find everything about me, everything you need to know as far as coaching sessions, as far as speaking engagements. I just launched my T-shirt, so you can find that on there as well. And like I said, the King Effect podcast, that's on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Thursdays at 8 p.m. That's where you can find me. And also, I also, I forgot, and we are both extreme execution coaches. So look for me in one of them events probably one day when they may let me speak (laughs) and grab the mic. So you never know. So That's right. That's right. Come (laughs) on over to Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, find us on Discover Your Genius. You can hear King's Genius every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern yes. Standard Time, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where he's dropping those nuggets. And so we will have all of that information for you in our show notes. Uh, so please click the show notes so you can find out more about King. If you're watching this on the uh, YouTube channel, then as well, you're able to go into the comments so you can find out more about my brother uh, from another mother, uh, King <laughs> Harrison. Again, fire, fire, fire. We appreciate Appreciate you today. You really Thank dropped you. some gems and some nuggets with us. And we definitely want to have you back on. And I listen to his podcast, guys. So I need you to go and listen to his podcast. It is fire. We yeah, want to yeah. support. We want to God be the glory. The king of it. And that's the part that we love about him. He's very humble as well as he's very God-fearing. So again, follow my brother. All of that information is going to be in the show notes. Again, King, thank you so much for being here today. Thank I appreciate you, your presence. You definitely added value to all of us. Now, I hope you really got some really, really great nuggets out of that episode. As I always say, please, 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 please make sure that you are adding value into your life. If you need someone, I am your partner in success. I promise you. If you have questions, even if you email me, I will respond to your questions. No strings attached. My goal is your success. My goal is your success. I needed to say that twice because I truly want you to feel it and understand it. If you're going through something, if there's a difficult time, you don't have to go alone. You have someone to go with you. I'll also remind you, please make sure you subscribe if you have not. Subscribe, send this to someone else, share, and we'd love to have some updated reviews. Thank you so much for taking your time out to listen because you could have done anything else, but you decided to be here with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As I always say, coach me and I learn, challenge me and I grow, believe in me and I win. You are a winner.